Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about it. Silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. From masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 748, The No Hard Feelings. A milestone. A milestone. They're all milestones, except for the milestones. <laughs> right. That's how that works. But this is a true milestone. A true? No, I thought true milestones were like 725. Oh, okay, seven, the ones seven, that sound five. like they're actually... That sound like they're kind of rounded, but, like, who really <laughs> celebrates that? Like, that's a mile. See, I was thinking it went the opposite direction, like a mild stone. So it's like, how much more mild can it get? A true mild I mean, stone is... is the most mild yeah. of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Kevin. This is Tom. We are Joeless this week, but joining us via the magic of a Zoom tube from pod to bu it's Manish. Hey, how's it going? Hey guys, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we will fix that. By the end of this, <laughs> you will no longer feel that way. That's our promise to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess before we dig in proper shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. That's always helpful and appreciated. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers while you're there like the page join the group it's called the league of show shares because we're hoping you'll share an episode we had lots of people share episodes the big one because it was our big 10th anniversary now that's a milestone if we don't go by numbers of episodes 10 years 10 years is a milestone and joe didn't even say it after 10 years (laughs) i was was waiting for it and then when i was editing i go joe did not even make a milestone (laughs) reference (laughs) oh he blew it we'll have to wait until 20 years if there's one thing we can count on it's that we can't count on joe 
Well, there you go. <laughs> so people who were kind enough to share an episode last week include librarian Cynthia, Ralph Tribble, Julianne Jordan, Glenn Cougar, Mellon Brewer, Chris Valls, Jeff Wildman, Tammy Lynn Powers-Betts, Leanne Butisi, Brendan McGuckin, Travis Tewitt, Tom Dowdy, Chris Sanders, Chris Magicman, Gabriel Lugo, Phil Timon, Jeff Michael, Ron Johnson, Taylor Ward, which I think is a new one, coming in on the 10th anniversary episode, brand oh. new. Well, I don't sing, so. So many running gags that that poor bastard would not understand. I'll message Dan for a file. Okay. Josh Rosen, Heather Sachs, Christopher Rex, Nostalgia Cast, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, Geek to Me Radio, The Film B, Colby Mack, David Rojas, In Session Film, Ronnie Castle, Matt Naglia, Brad Hyen, Binge Movies, Feelin' Film, and Ryan Terry. So, <laughs> And you mentioned Brad Hyen. But he was not, so I could. Oh, I know. That's, he just had a lot to say about his rule. And yes. I, you know, I know you were talking about changing the rule. I guess, did you have a change of heart? I don't know. I'm still weighing my <laughs> so, options. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's good to really think, the, think I, these things through. I like to leave him in suspense. Yeah. So, Perfect. so anyway. Oh, also, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. We're for five bucks a month. You get bonus content, and we like extra. So, And over to the box office report, The Flash. <laughs> Oh yeah, Oof. jeez. So we oh, it was boy. predicted yeah. to it was tracking. I think after CinemaCon and all the positive reactions, like one twenty, one thirty ish, and then it was then estimated it would be seventy, which was a huge drop. And I think it ended up like fifty five million for the opening weekend, and then supposedly it had a around a seventy five percent drop second week. Oof. And they're already doing buy one get one free. Yeah, tickets. I've seen so many sales, and so, and Voodoo has sent me. Like three different times, things about you bought this, you get eight dollars off of a ticket to see the flag. Yeah. So, so, oops. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get why. Of all the movies, I mean, there's been a lot of really the superhero movies that yeah. have done great, and I know Venom. people. <clears throat> yeah, like I like I don't get why people would embrace Venom over this. Like, and I, the people who who don't like this movie, I understand their complaints about it, even though I don't share them, but I get it. Like, I'm like, you're not wrong. It just didn't bother me. But, but like, there's been way worse stuff that has done way better. I I think what it really comes down to is James Gunn announcing that things are changing and there's going to be a new slate, a new cinematic Mm -hmm. universe, basically. And I know it's up in the air of what that means. Is it a hard reboot, a soft reboot, whatever? But I think people see the writing is on the wall. And certainly, if it wasn't before, it is now. But they're like, this doesn't matter. Like, I don't want to watch this stuff anymore. I want whatever the next thing is. Yeah, and I don't think that people know all the details about, you know, Ezra Miller's controversies and all their legal troubles and whatever. But I think that not having the star being able to go on Hot Ones or on talk shows or doing like red carpet appearances, I feel like that also hurts because it just doesn't sell this movie as like being fun you know like all that's i heard the circuit now is the right yeah exactly like, like hot ones right like it's crazy yeah, like, that's the thing. major one now and that not is... being able to do stuff like that i think it hurts because then people it doesn't get people excited about the movie and i feel like the, the there's obviously other big huge name actors in this movie yeah but i think even they avoided the work in the circuit because they didn't want to get asked questions about yeah, Ezra exactly. Miller. so exactly. so like you couldn't even send out your co-stars or to 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 make to to do the heavy lifting, right? Yeah. So, like, if as if Ezra Miller had been injured and couldn't make the circuit, then people would go out on their behalf 
but in this case, nobody wanted to touch the third rail. It's tough. This yeah. was yeah. what a mess, though. Seriously, what a mess. I mean, did you ever imagine there would be a world where we would be getting these Justice League level films that weren't making a billion dollars? Yeah, like this is a Justice League light. You've got Wonder Woman, you've got the Flash, you've got Batman, you've got Batman returning after thirty years. This movie has so Well, I much... don't know that Wonder Woman sells tickets. She's in it for four yeah. minutes. Like, well, it's I just an, meant it's to... another one of those, like, what does her union contract look like? That she... <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, I will be in every movie for four minutes. Sure. It's... But, I mean, just to qualify that it's a Justice League. Like, right. I mean, you've got the yeah. Justice League in this movie. No matter what, it's like the Justice League is on film, and you've got a movie that... It can't clear 60 million domestic opening weekend. Right. What on earth is that when you've got, you know, Marvel movies making 150, 170? Yeah. It's just, it just shows you in 10 years how badly DC has screwed this thing up. I think it's also <laughs> interesting from the people that, like, when a Marvel movie comes out and underperforms and they're like, oh, see, nobody cares about these Marvel movies. And then DC's like, hold my beer. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like, we're, we, oh, wait, we can do worse. Hang on. Yeah. Let us yeah. show you. But this is like, see, the way that history, I mean, I know that everything gets a, some kind of revisionist yeah. history, but this one especially is going to be like, this opened so poorly, this was a bomb, this was catastrophic, and when we look at this film five or ten years and removed from all the gobbledygook, it's going to be like, yeah, why did this underperform? Like, it is only going to make this one seem better yeah, because of how poorly it performed, because it doesn't deserve that bad of a It, it does opening, not. Like right? I said, there's been much much worse movies transformers four transformers five yeah. like those movies are terrible like the flash is way better than those movies yeah and those make a billion dollars so yeah it, it's it's crazy right now in the past of course optimus prime didn't go on a six state killing spree <laughs> <laughs> that's true i mean he only had that one thing where he transformed with the guy inside him but it was a mistake and like they cleared that up and so the biggest dc film i think of the past year was black adam Go figure. Yeah, which That's... was still, and I, I can't help but feel that maybe this, in the same way that people f felt like the last Star Wars movie underperformed because of the one before it. Yeah. I do wonder if Black Adam took a toll, because that movie was dog. Well, also, if you think about it, I mean, that movie all had the promise of Henry Cavill coming back, yeah. and then the, ne the next movie, right after that came out, they took that away. Yeah. So this movie... Especially for the fans, because one, you've got the Snyder Cut people that are will boycott it, right? And they're right. the most vocal people online about any movie fandom. And then you have people that are fans of just Henry Cavill, and it's like, oh, he got fired. Then you have people that are like, oh, they destroyed the Rock Cinematic Universe. I'm not going to go see it. You have so many different things with fandoms and stuff working against this yeah. film. And then the people that are, again, like, I don't care about this DCEU. Well, and, the, and then <laughs> even if you're not necessarily like, I will not go see a movie because you besmirched the career of The Rock, uh, you right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> even if you're not in that camp, there is just this vibe of like, you guys just can't get it together over. Right. That. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just, it just feels messy. Like, they just, it, like, I honestly, like, I feel at this point with the DCU, because there have been some good movies that have come out within that world. But looking back, it feels like those were accidental. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like they, they, you know, the whole like, if you give an infinite number of monkeys a typewriter and an infinite, they'll number, type out Hamlet, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. like it's like I feel like that's what happened. Like, if yeah. you put out enough DC movies yeah. over the course of a decade, one or two of them is going to be okay. Like, you know, I mean, because honestly, they're probably what a, if, if you actually run the numbers, 
about 10% of them, their movies have been good. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, right? I think maybe it's higher fi- than that. Maybe 15, but... but yeah, like it's, you know. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I would say it's probably more like 30, 35%, but yeah, it's it's a low number. It's a low number. When it should be yeah. much higher with the, and with they, the built-in IP that they have. And they've been good for different reasons, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like they're good at one thing. It's not like, oh, when they get the action together, it works. Or when they get the story right. together, it works. It's like Shazam was good because it was a body swap comedy, and that mm. was funny. Yeah. And then they did it well, but then Wonder Woman was a straight-ahead adventure movie mm-hmm. that didn't leer at her the whole time right like like oh that yeah. was that was different like they yeah. when they work it's always for different reasons it's which makes weird. it feel accidental but yeah but well no hard feelings dc yes <laughs> that's what you call a segue after 10 years you can segue like that there it's just know. It's, it's just second nature in, yeah so who's synopsizing this one since we don't have joe oh jeez manish have at it <laughs> Okay. He's like, what? What? Why would you? Oh, no, man. I'm not trying to throw his spot. I was just being a yeah. um, I'll go first. I really enjoyed this movie. I I miss comedies like this. I, I think star-driven yeah. comedies. Jennifer Lawrence was fantastic in this movie. I thought it was really fun. It, it, it played it safe. It wasn't anything new, right? It wasn't reinventing what a romantic comedy or ro- raunchy sex comedy could be, but... Like, it hit the beats for me. Yeah, I definitely agree. I really enjoyed it as well. And I really just appreciated that it was, like, a very by-the-book kind of, like, straightforward, you know, sex comedy and with, you know, a big movie star at the center. And just, like, it was just fun. And I felt that it's definitely been... I've been missing this kind of movie on the big screen, you know? I mean, I was just... I was thinking about how, like, Jennifer Lawrence is pretty much around my age. I think she's, like, a year or two younger than I am. And I'm like, yeah, I bet she was watching like Wedding Crashers and, you know, Knocked Up when she was, you know, in her teens. And like, so having a movie like that out, I'm sure it's like really important to her to like kind of do that kind of role. Because it's like, I think that's her personality in real life. It's just like agreed, funny and charming and like kind of crazy and stuff. So yeah, she's always been like that. This character fits her personality very well. I think that's a good point is that she has so much charisma when you see her in interviews and she's naturally funny and she's real too yeah she doesn't hide who she right. is she says it, things yeah. that no one else right. says in interviews but you right? also right. she hasn't really done that on screen right like right. you know like you don't she always plays an, a different character right. than herself it, yeah. and so it's it's interesting to see that on screen i Overall, I liked this movie. I liked it less than you guys did, but I felt like there were so many missed opportunities in this movie, and I mm. I lay them all at the feet of the director. I okay. feel like this was... Gene Stupnitsky? Yeah, he directed Good Boys, which I liked yep. a lot. Yeah, um, I liked Good Boys. And, which uh, that makes sense Like when you look at that. It he does. Wrote Year One, one of your favorites. I, I actually like Year One. Wrote on record Bad Teacher with Cameron Diaz. It was okay. You know? yeah. I mean, so he's got the pedigree of that raunchiness, and, yeah. and Good Boys was a huge hit. Yeah, and, and, and this is similar to Good Boys in that it says it's raunchy, but at the end of the day, it's really not. Well, right? like it's, I, I think the reason you can't be as raunchy is because it's just not acceptable oh, anymore sure. is the problem. Yeah, and yeah. we we don't see movies like this anymore because who were the main characters in all these movies? Guys. Men, yeah. And so the only way you can make this movie is by swapping it. And now I know we might catch some flack. I know that's – you know what I right. mean? Like, there were people that were appalled at the premise, which I'm just like – I mean, there are lots of movies with 
bad. We're, we're prim, the, you know, I mean, what's good, fellas? But this, right? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. That's a bad. We, like, we romantic horrible people, but right, we love yeah, it, yeah. right? right? We, like, we romanticize things like that, but then we have problems with other people. But also, these characters in this story are very human, and they're flawed. And the movie's examining those flaws. Right. The movie never goes, "Hey, everyone should go." This do is this. a great idea. The, the whole yeah. point of the movie is you're supposed to go, "Oh, like no, yeah. this is horrible." And the characters are supposed to grow by the end yeah. of it. In real life, <laughs> Michael Scott would cost Dunder Mifflin tens of millions of dollars. He would have been right. F- right. Like, so why do people watch that show if he's such a horrible player? Right. You have to remove yourself from real life when you're talking about movies, especially a, a movie like this. This isn't trying to be a slice of life. This isn't a Noah Bomberg script. Like it's yeah. when, when you watch Euro Trip or Road Trip, or when you you know what I'm saying when you watch yeah. Wedding Crashes. When you watch people doing these things, do you want the lead characters to all get arrested? Like, you know what I mean? Right. It's not, you're not supposed to think that way. But also, again, people take the wrong message, and and I think a lot of these people that badmouth it don't see the movie. Well, as soon yeah, as I saw the true. yeah, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, "There's no way they actually have sex." Right? Like, I, like, you know. I was like, "Like, that's not <laughs> right. what this movie is doing." Like, there's that that is not going to be a thing. It's not the, the message. She's not going to sleep with him, yeah. and then he's going to suddenly behave like a. 35 year old and be like i know now now know how to conquer the world give me my velvet jacket it was a bad idea yeah it's never going to get executed and it's about the zaniness that goes along the way but you're right it's like so spoilers they don't do it right and it's by design you the whole thing about the growth of these characters you know both of them do grow in different ways and the experience even though it was a terrible idea for these helicopter parents to take out a Craigslist ad saying date in quotes my 19 year old son and I'll give you a car but one this is based on a true story yeah. so people are crazy Loosely. like but, it's, but someone it's, put that they used up. a Craigslist right. ad to to spin out I'm sorry, from the, their right. story but the, the, premise, the actual the, incidents are not it's not based. a biopic yes, <laughs> no 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 right it's a jumping off point someone just it's yeah. like when someone sees a a painting and then writes right. a script based on it. It's, yes. it's, yeah, yeah. But what I mean though is that someone, whether it was a joke or not, I didn't look into the real story, yeah. but someone posted that. And as we've seen, especially in recent years, people are crazy. So, mm-hmm. like, you'd say, like, oh, that would never happen. Okay, it did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a horrible idea. But again, that's the whole point is the journey we go on seeing these characters find out all in their own way. That is a terrible idea. Yeah, for and sure. It's, and it's fun along the way. Like it's fun and charming. And again, Jennifer Lawrence's character, I, I just so love the her. Performances are great. I think the script is really solid. I think the direction is where this movie gets let down. There, yeah. there, there were a lot of times when I was like. This is being well executed. On paper, these jokes are funny, but they mm-hmm. just weren't landing for me. You know and- what? I What I noticed is it's very quiet, and a lot of the jokes are undersold. But for some reason, there's something about that that I was endearing to me. I, I liked I normally, how it was like. I normally like an undersold joke, right? Yeah. Like that, I think a lot of times good jokes are ruined by people trying to yeah. walk a walk. Very. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, except for Fozzie Bear, well, All of his, course, I mean, I mean, of course, he's a comedic genius. Those <laughs> <laughs> Fozzie Bear, Groucho Marx, right? George Carlin. I think we all know that. But there was—I'm trying to remember—in in the beginning of this movie, there was a there was a moment where something was going on, where there was like some wacky physical humor, and there was no music mm-hmm. of any kind. It was happening in dead silence, and and so I was just like. 
you need something to underscore that we're supposed to be seeing this through a light prism. Yeah, right? I don't like, know. So, like in the very beginning of the movie, her car is getting towed, and you're yeah. introduced to the character Maddie, played by Jennifer Lawrence. She's 32 years old, I, which I think is how old Jennifer Lawrence is. Like, so you know, she's playing. Her, her own age, yeah. Yeah, because the age thing is such a big deal. So, like, just to put in perspective, you have 32-year-old, you have a 19-year-old She is guy. 32. Okay, so there you go. Her car's getting towed because she has her mother's passed away and she's inherited a house, but she has to pay property taxes on it. And a bunch of rich people are coming it's to in make- Montauk, which is rapidly being gentrified. Yeah, yes. so so the property taxes are way up and the house is paid off, but she she's a bartender and an Uber driver. She just doesn't make enough money to pay these this huge lump sum. Yeah. $22,000 or something is the goal that we yeah. end up seeing. I, you know, something like that. So her car's getting towed and Uber is one of her main things. And then she goes to her bartending job, which is like this summer town with all the travelers. They're all coming to, you know, do boating and her bar is on right. the water. So, and she's basically got three months to make her money. Yeah. Because else. it's a summer town. Yeah, so she's getting screwed over by all this. But we're introduced to the character. We find out that she hooks up with guys and ghosts them. In this small town, the people that live there, tow truck driver, you know, we find out she ghosted him. You know, in a funny situation where she's like, you know, trying to get her car back. Oh, you know, I just was so scared because I was getting too committed or too serious or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah. really? And then this guy comes out and he's like in his un- little underwear yeah. and doing these stretches. And I thought it was very, I, I don't know, the physical humor of that was really funny See, to me. For me, that that played better in the trailer. In the trailer, yeah. I thought I, that real, that scene really worked. And here I'm like, this is all funny on paper, but like. I don't know if the pacing of it was too slow or what was going on. Again, it was very quiet, but for some reason it sold the awkwardness to me and I enjoyed how quiet it was. But I think what worked for me about that scene is like it takes it takes her a comically long time to like realize he's behind her. And so like we're seeing it and the Tocho guy seeing it while she's like, you know, talking about all this and then like so to to me I kinda like that it was sort of the awkwardness of just like knowing something that she doesn't know and then like yeah and so i agree that there wasn't a lot of like music to it but i I think in some cases it worked for me because i kind of played up that like cringe comedy awkwardness of like there's really nothing to like soften the awkwardness yeah Yeah. and and i'm i'm the type of person that i notice those things a lot like you know when the score works you don't notice it all the time but it's it's very effective when there's a really quiet scene with no score i usually pick up and go oh it's it's too quiet this wasn't the scene i was thinking of maybe maybe it was the maybe i'm trying to remember if there was music when she was like on her rollerblades instead of in a car or something. I think there was when but she was rollerblading. I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I just, it made it was me when think she was of trying to get her car back and like trying to like, that's what it was. Maybe there that, wasn't a lot of music. That's there. what it was. And it was just quiet. Yeah. And yeah. So you're like, this should be zany and you're not. Yeah. Doing because, it. So here's the thing. And I'm, I'm going to use uh, a story from someone we're not supposed to talk about anymore, but oh, Woody boy. Allen, oh. Woody Allen, when he made take the money and run, which I don't know if you're familiar with. I haven't it, seen that one though. It is hysterical. Like oh, it's, it's, it's a laugh right. Well, if and, we weren't getting letters before. Yeah. So it's the first movie that he wrote and directed. Okay? okay. And it's a mockumentary, and he plays a wannabe bank robber who's just comically inept at okay. not just bank robbery, but everything, right? And so there's a scene in the movie where he's getting ready for a date, and he's in this little tiny one-bedroom apartment, and his – it's been years since I've seen it, but, like, he's got, like, one of those, like – 
ironing boards that would go up in the yeah. wall and it keeps falling on him and he's like he he keeps his fancy suit in the refrigerator because he doesn't have a closet <laughs> like it's the only place he can hang it up and like there's all these things like that and so he tests this movie and like people just sit in silence and stare at it right oh, they're yeah. just like what like and so marvin hamlish is at a test screening and oh. marvin hamlish takes him aside and he's like it's your music oh. he's like the the music isn't telling people that they're allowed to laugh at this. Yeah. And so all your sight gags are only funny if you know that they're allowed to laugh at it, right? Mm. Because the things you're showing about this guy out of context are really sad, yeah, right? And so he's like, you you need to have like this light music that says, it's okay to find this funny. This wow. isn't real. That, oh, man, that you know what? That is so, I mean, obviously... If, Hamlish would know, right? Right. So like, that's some yeah, great yeah. advice. And then, it, and then Hamlish came on and did the score for this wow. movie. And so I didn't realize that. Yeah. Wow. And so I kept thinking of that movie while I was yeah. watching this in terms of like a lot of what's going on with her is sad. Mm. Right. Like she like, it is. you know, like she's lost her car and then, you know, and then in, and she's rollerblading instead of driving instead of driving everywhere because she. and so it's like it wants you to laugh at it, but it's not giving you the cues to say it's okay to laugh at it. Yeah. Right. Well, it really shows you the importance of scores in a film, right? Yeah, so for like sure. Our friend of the show, David Rosen, piecing it together, pod, you know, he's he does oh, yeah. scores for film and does music. And what these composers do is, so. I mean, obviously we know there's so many iconic themes and talking about Indiana Jones and Star Wars, you know, and, and Marvel stuff, right? Sylvester right. and Back to the Future and all that stuff. Like it's, it's so important. But even for little moments, like it's not just the big overarching you know theme song it's all these little moments this film it's weird because it sits in kind of a place where it feels a little art house it feels a little a24 or something yeah, because it's quiet yeah. and, and feels right art housey and so i think they didn't want it to yuck it up because the tone reminds me kind of a fairly brothers movie yeah but it's not big and over the top but it does have some of the ridiculous humor of mm -hmm. something like a fairly brothers movie so it lives in this in-between space where i think sometimes if you give it too too much of a score where you're like, oh, this is goofy, where you right. want to kind of feel the humanity of the character. And yeah, this stuff does suck. And what would drive a person to do something so absurd? You know, so you don't want to like totally change it with the music. But then again, like if people are like, should I be laughing? Or is right. this, am I feeling <laughs> When's the sorry last time for? the Fairly Brothers have done anything? Well, they do serious stuff now, right? That's Green Book. The Right. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, he did Jeez. Green Book, yeah. Oscar winning. Yeah. So, I mean, I forgot about that. I forgot that was them. So, I think like Adam McKay, Peter Fairley, like they're doing yeah, the series. Because gotcha. so. this would have, I would have loved to have seen this in the hands of the Fairley brothers. I think this could have, they could have really made but this work. Also, but I just, to play devil's advocate on that sure. for a second, the time that we live in, I think the reason they did also didn't want it to go over the top and wanted it to feel a little bit more A24-ish. You know, I'm not saying it's like weird and there's horror elements, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. there's been – what's the one about Zola? What's the Zola or whatever? Zola, the, yeah. Yeah. So like they don't only do horror, but right. the Florida Project. This feels a little bit more Or real. Magnolia Films, something like yeah, that. Yeah. This yeah. feels a little bit more lived in and real, but because of the subject matter and you already know you're going to piss people off like, oh, she's grooming, which I don't think is accurate. But, well, and you know, he's 19. Right. He's an adult. So like, He's, he's not underage. Yeah, like yeah, like uh, to me like when people get mad about this I'm like, well th okay, then what's the age? If 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 18 is no longer the age where you're a, uh, an adult, like then at what point are we okay? You know what I mean? Right. Like he's 19 think, um, years old and he's going yeah. to Princeton, so he's not dumb. Well, 
he's going to Princeton because he has money. Like, let's be clear, he is very dumb. Well, he, he no, is, he's he's socially smart. I'm sure he's socially dumb. He's not. Yeah, he's but, not dumb. Okay, but some of the stuff that he says and does, yeah. do make him seem like an idiot. And I think she even says it in some scenes. Like, I do think this kid got into Princeton because of the money and the connections. Like, I think he's uh, he's not dumb like stoner comedy dumb, right? But. I do think he is not that intelligent, honestly. I, th- I think what I find really interesting about this movie, and something that I was a little taken aback by when I was watching, because I was expecting kind of a more like, you know, Fairly Brothers, yeah. Wedding Crashers, like Anchorman type movie of just like jokes on jokes. But like, I found what is really surprising and a bit jarring to me is like how like serious and dramatic it can be. And I think when you have I think Jennifer Lawrence, like, she is, of course, a very talented comedian or comedic actor, but she also comes from, you know, like, she won an Oscar 10 years ago, and she does a lot of dramatic movies. And The Hunger Games are also, like, I think they're very much more, like, dramatic. Those are very serious movies. They're They're not funny, like, at Um, all. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, no comedy. So I feel like she is just naturally inclined to a little bit more, like, hefty material, which is why I think this movie has a lot of serious topics like it actually does talk about like consent and parental expectations and then also gentrification and and i think that it i think it tries to find that balance of being like kind of over the top funny but then also being really like heartfelt and and like dramatic i don't know if it's always successful but i think it tries those are great points manish and the other thing that i really feel is important about this movie yes it is a a raunchy sex comedy but also this is you know we live in a different time where you can't do the traditional sex comedies but now her taking ownership of her body and been like i've slept for a lot of people and didn't get a buick or whatever you know what i mean she's like yeah yeah like it's her body right And, and so like what would you call it like bodily Autonomy. Autonomy. Yeah. yeah. So this movie actually, I think, is very from a feminist perspective. It's her body. If she chooses, I mean, she hooks up with people all the time, and it's like, why not do and this? The, the and, movie has no judgment on that, right? Right. Like, well, that's right. Like, I mean, like you would see that typically with a male character, he's out scoring. Yeah. Right. But this movie isn't like casting aspersions on her no it is that. quite the opposite yeah it's 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 making it like yeah the she movie questions whatever the movie questions her life choices but that's not one of them. no and, yeah. and that's what i think is a very modern perspective we don't see that on film a lot we see it more and more but this film treats her you know it's her choice and like you said i mean for how long for ever dudes can hook up as much as they want right right and you have this period of time where it's like but if a woman did it she's a slut which is horrible because yeah. you're and it's a total double by standard. that period of time you mean the entirety of human that's history? what i that's exactly <laughs> it's like how long forever <laughs> time and more. this movie i think this may be something that goes unnoticed and you know you're going out to see a comedy but like manish says it does get deeper than you would expect and i think a lot of people this is going to kind of fly under the radar is how her and her sex life and how she is treated and not judged for it i think that actually is really important because we're trying to undo forever in history right. of the way that yeah. people look at those things and i just like it when she says something like you know i've slept with a lot of people and never got a buick it's like why not do this you know i can hook up and have fun it's like hey i need a car and it's not demeaning sex work you know it's right. sex workers and and her choice her body her choice right, right. you know yeah. real quick manish going back to what you're talking about jennifer lawrence and comedy don't forget though that her first breakout role was on a sitcom like oh, that's a, right being involved show the bill watching that show yeah oh i didn't realize that. yeah like i mean we can all we can debate on just 
how funny that oh, might, you might meant not a have been. comedy show. But, okay, but I mean, but the Bill Infell show ran for what four or five seasons on TBS. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it was, it like was a, TBS, I think. Yeah, it was TBS, and original. and I mean, it was sure I mean, that had a big audience. It was a successful show and and had a following that way because when she became this A list actress, everybody was like her. From right. the Bill Ingvall show, like, and now it's been kind of almost forgotten to time. But initially, like when, uh, what when Winter's Bone? That yeah, that's the came. first time I saw. Right? Yeah, when I didn't that, know when that came out, people were like, "The girl from the Bill Ingvall show is in the okay." That's interesting. Yeah. So it was the the typical, you know, Robert Pattinson, the guy from Twilight, right? Yeah. Mister Mom is going to be Batman. It was that totally was, playing yeah. against. It, I think the only reason you didn't hear more of it is because Pattinson did that pivot from a big giant you know pop culture phenomenon where she was on a show that that had a following and was successful and and she came into a smaller art house movie i think if she had gone big one if she had gone straight into katniss then i think people would have been like the hell but because she had winner's bone like people were gave her they were like, oh, okay, this makes sense. That was a good movie, and I haven't thought about that in a while, but that was the very first time I saw her. Never knew she was on a sitcom. Yeah, I mean, she took off when she she hit the ground running with the dramatic work right? and obviously is very talented. And like Manish said, she puts her acting chops to mm-hmm. use here, but also her comedic chops. Like this, this role is the most natural role I've ever seen, yeah. you know, for, you know, comedic wise and her big personality. Like once she read the script, I think she. It was like, yeah, this is a no brainer. Like this, right. and, and it seemed like she was having fun making it. And she's a producer on the movies. So I feel like it's something that she feels. I mean, when I I've listened to some of her interviews, and she's just like, she seems really passionate about this movie and about this role. And I feel like she's been playing thirty two year olds her entire career because, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, her work with David O. Russell. Like, I think she was always playing like ten years older than sure. her her actual age. And so Joy. now to see her like actually that age and like she looks i mean the way she conducts herself in interviews is so different now even though she's still the same like goofy funny kind of crazy but like she just has so much more like maturity and like self-assuredness now and so i'm well, like, really she took excited a lot of, for this career she took a lot of heat from certain parts of the internet for yeah. how she behaved in interviews and because at first people found it cute and endearing and then it started to seem manufactured or like a shtick mm. and I'm not saying that it was. I liked Jennifer yeah, Lawrence. I always thought it was endearing. But, yeah. but there were people yeah, that too. thought that she was just putting on a show. Oh, people I suck. just I can't imagine being like that, like as famous as she was, like Oscar winner, like star of a hit franchise, like critically, and then being like 22. Like yeah. I just It is jaw dropping when I Google her and I'm like, she's 32? I feel like we've been talking about her for 32 right when you start that (laughs) early and you're playing these big roles and winning the oscar it it, you're right because i thought the same thing i'm like oh she's probably closer to 40 but playing 32 that's no offense to her she looks great but i just mean i thought she's been around for a long time she's 38 39 yeah yeah and so to see that she is 32 and it's like wow yeah i mean she's younger than me especially when you figure you lost a good three years of work because of covid and yeah. I think she had a baby. That's right. She wasn't acting because she had a kid. Is that? I mean, I, I, she did I have, have no a idea. kid. And I think she also yeah. like took a, you know, quote unquote sabbatical. Cause I mm-hmm. think she kind of realized that she was way too much everywhere. I think like Anne Hathaway kind of had to did the same thing where it's like once they be kind of like, like they reached that like backlash point, I think they like kind of take a step back. Cause it's just like, 
it's you know it's a lot a lot of scrutiny and a lot of what the rock needs to do honestly honestly, the rock needs to do that and then come back with something like a be cool he needs to come back with a good movie where you're like oh wow i missed this guy i think the rock's worried though about I mean, he's no kid. I know. I think he's, he's getting up there. I think he's afraid that like he's got X amount of time right. that he can stay looking like that. I'm just so sick of him. No, he's, I get he's it. Way I'm, oversaturated. I'm not but, saying you're wrong, but, but you're he's right. a guy that I mean, he's a guy we have been talking about for 30 years. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. you know, and so like he's I don't know how old he is. He's got to be in his 50s. Oh, right? he's got to be. Yeah. He's got to be. Right? Yeah, but he of, needs to start being like the like father figure and mentor type you know yeah. because like i feel like he'd be good at like kind of playing he's a more 51. like sarcastic sardonic like mentor type instead of trying yeah. to be like the hero but you like, know what look like, at stallone and look at you know even harrison ford's back as indie you know which yeah. i'm not trying to say like he shouldn't but you know what i mean now that you've got actors playing up into their 80s action movies that's not yeah. new really john wayne okay but i mean they're it clint seems- eastwood yeah, but like that's I mean that's yeah, not that's, that's true. That's not new. But I do feel like with Liam Neeson, they should all be playing their age. I mean, look at like a Stallone and Creed, right? Like that to me, like that's what The Rock should be kind of gearing towards is like yeah. being like the center figure, but also like not trying to be that like the main guy. But he doesn't have a franchise that he can fall back on. Yeah, so I guess Jumanji's the last one now that he can yeah. ruin. I just think he's oversaturated. I used yeah. to really like The Rock, and now yeah. I'm just I'm just sick of seeing him everywhere yeah. and pushing all his wares and stuff. And it's like he's trying to recreate the blueprint that Ryan Reynolds planned out, but Ryan Reynolds seems so organic and authentic. Yeah. And The Rock is just holding his Zoa energy can in every social media post he does. You know, he's just he's a shill. He comes right. off as insincere. And, and like when just, Ryan Reynolds is a shill, like he winks at you. But like, he's funny. I'm right? being a shill right now. He's naturally he can also take a punch. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like The Rock will never take a punch. That's the other thing is these and guys. And that's the with thing their... that I think the, the, annoys me the most about all these like Fast and Furious guys is like yeah. your yeah. ego is just so big that I just yes. don't. There's just don't... nothing to root for. They want the they want the curly Joe claws. Yeah, yeah. it's but, the and, and this in the in the Three Stooges. That was one of the reason people can't stand Curly Joe. Is he put it? I think it was either him or Joe Besser. I think it was Curly Joe. But he put in his contract that he couldn't get hit. And they were like, "Well, then, what did you sign up to be one of the three students for?" <laughs> right? Like, what you, you know, like that's the whole thing. That's yeah. That's like hiring Gallagher, but he says he's not going to smash a watermelon, right? Like, but the key, the key is one hundred percent agree, and the key is with Ryan Reynolds' self depreciating humor. Yeah, he can take a punch. He can make himself look silly or whatever and that is the key he, i mean he's charismatic charismatic and charming but i used yeah. to say that about the rock too mm-hmm. but then they got to the point it's the rock it's vin diesel it's now jason statham when he's in those movies because right. like, we have to get punched equal times or whatever it's like that is not what we want to see we want to see like real humans. gonna get to that point too at some point now that he's in that fast family i wonder i wonder like, I don't he know, seems like a dude that's just having a great he seems time. to love to <laughs> deconstruct what masculinity should look like that's true that's and true. so i could see him not being like that but yeah but if you if you go back and look at the the male action stars that the iconic ones from from like the 70s yeah a stallone a burt reynolds mm-hmm. like it wasn't a punch for punch count it was they would get the kicked out of them for the first 80 minutes of the movie and then in the last 20 minutes 
they would rally and win the day. Yes. And that's but that's what made you care, right? Yes, like because, the humanity of because it, all. it felt like, yeah. oh, is this guy gonna be able to pull this off? Everyone um, loves an underdog. Yeah, the odds yeah. are stacked against him. Like, is he gonna make it? Who like, cares about invincible superhero not, right. not a comic book, but these yeah, people yeah. that think they're Superman. I mean, there's a like, place for that and it, it can be fun. But to thing, do it yeah. movie after movie uh, not exactly. so much. Ah, but anyway, so back to this movie. So you've got Matthew Broderick and Laura Benetti, who are the parents of this movie. I haven't seen Matthew Broderick in a while. I think he kind of retired, didn't he? Yeah, I don't. After he was doing Broadway, and then I don't think I he really tell acted him I saw him. in yeah. many movies. But they play the parents who put out this ad, and this is the scene that even you know I don't watch the trailers, but like I've been in the theaters, and you can't this is the it. one in the trailers. You know it when they're sitting down, and she's like, "Do you want me to date your son?" And they're like, "Yeah, date him." Date his brains out. You yeah. know, it's that, that scene and everything. But <laughs> That's a good I, line, I thought. Yeah, and yeah. I like his delivery. I think Matthew Broderick's really good, and, and Benanti is, is funny. And, you know, they're both good as the parents. It seems yeah. like they filmed for a day or two. Like, they're yeah. oh, they're always at the house, and they're always, like, I think they did. Okay, change clothes. Okay, come back and do this scene. Like Matthew Broderick was in Manchester by the Sea? I have zero oh. recollection of that. I don't remember. I feel like he might have been in the beginning, like, when... Huh. I don't remember either, or maybe he, yeah, I mean, I think he's, yeah, I, he's from the area. I think he's from Massachusetts. So she she's down in her luck. She's about to get fired from a bar job. She doesn't have a car. She goes to that zaniness, and she ends up catching wind. How does she find the ad? I don't even remember. I think that. she's, like, looking to buy a car off Craigslist. Oh, thank you. it so comes like, up. Yeah, That's and so she's like that desperate. Where, where, why not? And her friends. I thought her friends were really funny. Yeah, I like uh, that conversation. Kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, yeah. but between like her friend and her friend's husband about like like just like about their like autonomy and how like this is just kind of like what you like might like have to it's like she's like i might as well you know just do this for the car it's a good conversation because so that's natalie morales plays her friend sarah and her husband or fiance is jim played by scott MacArthur, and they go through this too where it's like jim's giving his opinion they're like shut up jim you know like you have no it's that whole thing of a man trying to say like whether you can or can't do this like you shut up and they talk about it and that's that good conversation where jennifer lawrence is like i you know i've done a lot more for and haven't got a car and and uh she decides i'm gonna do it and you get a lot of really fun moments like she doesn't have a vehicle so now she's rollerblading and she's rollerblading uphill with all these cars and then they live on a big drive and so she has to figure out how to rollerblade up it and pull herself up and there's like garden gardeners watching her and i just think there's a lot of really fun quirky moments that are very realistic right it's not like you know it's not buster keaton comedy you know i mean like there's a lot of humor that i find that is organically placed throughout this film where it's like she's down on her luck and yeah if you were down on your luck you're gonna have to do these things and it's funny and i feel like we can laugh along with it because it's believable and whether or not you've been in that exact situation you're like yep that that's just my luck or you know she's down on her luck and i think that there's something because she's so endearing and charming and everything you're just like you're rooting for the whole time yeah it doesn't make it as weird she's like yeah she's got to do this she's got to get her life together but yeah she has that sit down conversation so basically the son is this like you said socially inept socially awkward guy that just he plays computer games online doesn't have any friends volunteers at the animal shelter because he doesn't have to interact with people right you know and 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 so she she takes this agreement that basically you know the date is in quotes right it's basically they like this kid is socially awkward and he doesn't leave his room and they want him to come out of his shell so he doesn't go off to college completely 
unworldly. Yeah. And, you know, and you have those other, I mean, pretty funny moments I thought where she's like, are you sure he's not gay? And they're like, no, we've seen his search right. history. <laughs> like, like, you know, there's funny little moments like that. And, yeah. then, and then that other line where he's like, well, sometimes like there's big groups or right. something. Like, 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 well, I mean, there's some mixed there's some, in, but, but yeah. Like, but these helicopter parents monitor everything. They've got the tracking device on his phone and the search history and everything. They know every move this kid's doing. And at the end of the day, that's really what this is a commentary on. I mean, they right. touch on all this stuff yeah. about feminism and, and bodily autonomy. And, and and that might be part of the problem I have with the movie is just that it's trying to do too many things. That's true. Because like between the helicopter parents and the, the feminist stuff and, yeah. and the gentrification and sure. the, like there, there's just, there's a lot to unpack. I'm focused a little bit yeah. because mm-hmm. it does all these things. And even though I think it does them well, there's only so much stuff you can bounce around to in a, in a tight comedy to where you're not going to be like, okay, this is a lot to follow. But, but so I like, I like the premise of it. I, I do think that it's very funny and endearing and I, it did not come off as, icky to me as the producers and no. directors said like no. they're like you're not gonna it's not we we worked really hard to not make it feel icky and even though it's a little bit weird because especially being 2023 and all the stuff that people are always yelling at us about you know yeah this, but you know what i find interesting is that like their interactions you know like she's trying really she's like really trying to like seduce him and it's very funny to like watch her like kind of like slink around and you know yeah. really come on to him oh aggressively but then like yeah he doesn't it's like he it's like he actually wants to like it like doesn't work like it's well, i feel like it's like she he wants to actually get to know her and like she's like surprised by that because i think she expected that he'd be some like sex crazed virgin who would just like leap at the chance and I like that it kind of plays with the expectations of like maybe he actually doesn't need to like have sex to come out of his shell. Like it's actually just needs someone just to like listen to him and talk to him. That and I kind of noticed that like they don't really show him with his parents at all, except well, for at the end. I, I that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, I was watching the movie and I go, took oh, him out and like showed him the world or like you know actually spend time with him. They would see that he doesn't really need to like date a girl to come out of his shell. He just needs someone to just like be his friend and yeah, to, like. I, Help him out. I was thinking the same thing, and I was like, "Well, it's because they filmed for two days, but yeah. <laughs> you know, but but like, I'm like, once they were gone, and we're an hour into the movie, and we haven't seen them again, I'm like, oh, they're like not a part of this right. movie, yeah. But I'm so glad you mentioned that, Manish, because that's another reason why I think this film does subvert expectations and is elevated because. Any other of these sex comedies, and especially because they revolve around men, you see someone that looks like Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, she looks great. And you see her coming at you in that red dress. That scene was hilarious. Her physical comedy that she plays up at the adoption, the dog adoption place, the rescue place. Oh, my gosh. She is hilarious. And you see someone like that coming at you. And you're a teenage guy, like, right. what's the stereotypical thing? He's going to be all over that. Although, but he's not looking for the quick hookup. He yeah. wants a relationship. And so I think subverting that was actually really interesting. I also think most teenage guys would not know what to do with that. Even if <laughs> it was true. put on a <laughs> silver platter like that, they would be like, what? Of, no, of course. Yeah. Of course. It's, but yeah. but in which I think makes this more believable, for too. Sure. But I just like that, that in this sex comedy, the guy... The you know the woman is the one trying to do the more raunchy stuff, and the guy is the one like wine and dine me. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, and all those points that Manish you, when you're in the bathroom, but he was mentioning <laughs> some of that stuff where it's like, yes, that's spot on. Is that yeah. like this guy? 
that's not what he needs. And well, I, it's it's interesting to watch personally because I, I have a son that's this age who's shipping off to school. God, Brian could have played this role. He totally, Were you thinking I was looking at this all kid? I could think because okay, he looks like Brian. Yeah, and you know Brian is an actor. And yeah, I'm like, my Dude. my son is going to a conservatory <laughs> acting school in the fall in Connecticut, and all I could think is. <laughs> If they had made this movie 18 months from now, I think my son literally, like, legit could have been auditioned. Could have been in the hunt for this role. Absolutely. Because, because, like, this guy looks like him. He acts like him. Like, it's like. The, he has, I, I'm glad you, you, you agree, and I didn't want to be offensive by saying it. No. I mean, Brian's great, no, but like, yeah. it's just he reminded me for of, sure. Like, when we saw the trailer, when I saw the trailer months ago, I sent it to my wife, and I was like, Oh my God! This is the movie Brian should be making. Like right, this yeah. is right up his alley. But also, like I mean, like Brian's not as socially awkward as this no, kid. Yeah, but right. he's got his moments, and, and but he can act. So, yeah. like, but but it wasn't that so much as like just the look. But I the, just meant that like I also relate to it as a parent yeah. in terms of like there are times when I'm like, oh my God, we're sending him half a country away, mm-hmm. and like he just tried to boil water and forgot the water. <laughs> Like right. that, that, like that—that that is a true thing that just happened three days ago. And that's the kid in this movie, right? Yeah. They show that at the end. I do love that scene with the bags and like. Oh my god! You know, it's so relatable away, because but, that happens to me all the time. Yes, but it does. There's things like that where it's like, and especially when you're being watched. I don't know. I, I yeah. get that way. If I'm being watched <laughs> do something, and he's like trying to rearrange the bags and oh, and I love how they hang on it. I love how he keeps messing it up. And the parents are like, "Oh my god, what you just said yeah. they're doing," which is so relatable for any parent of yeah. a teenager. You know, I do the same. My son's about to be 14, but he does things where I'm just like oh my gosh yeah they all do it right i always my wife gets so freaked out by it i was like look man like necessity is the mother of invention Mm. like you're gonna push him out and and like he's either gonna figure it out or he's not but if you don't he for sure won't won't right 100 percent. which is the moral of this movie for all his weird flighty stuff like it also calms her down to talk to my sister because she's just like well that's what your husband was like like he like (laughs) Like I, I mean, yeah. I like half the stuff he does. I was like, yeah, I did that. Like yeah. I, <laughs> they grow out of it sometimes. But, but some, the, some of the some of it I've grown out of. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, if you're never given the chance, if you are babied, which is ultimately again the entire point of this mm-hmm. movie. The the main message here is the helicopter parent thing, and right. letting your kid fly on his own, and that is what the movie is trying to say. And obviously, going about about it this way is the most ridiculous and not the right way to do right. it. But that's where the comedy comes from, and you're yeah. not supposed to. Again, you're not supposed to go. The lesson you are not supposed to take is, oh, yeah, every kid should have this done. Right. The whole movie is about how bad of an idea right. this is. You shouldn't have no, let your kid get to this place in the first place. Yes. That's yeah, the like, lesson. I think ultimately, like, I feel like Percy is kind of a great kid. Like, he's very mm-hmm. polite. Yes. He's, like, you know, is able to, like, you know, at least, like, he's working. I mean, he's volunteering at a shelter. And so, like, he's doing that for, you know, eight hours. He seems to have a friend there and, like, when he, like, it seems like his friends like him or, like, his classmates like him because he's at that party. And, you know, it's just, like, well, I, I mean, who knows? I, I know there's, like, the whole, like, bullying thing. Right. That's something that I was a little confused by because, like, that that girl that he meets at the restaurant, like, she seemed to know him and like him and was like, yeah, you got to come to this party. And I was like, I thought no one liked him at his school. That's yeah. something that was a little, like. Uh, but I will say, I see this with my son. Like, he would 
I mean, he would be in plays and stuff at school, and he would be kind of like, no, nah, I really don't have a lot of friends at school. And then, like, we would walk on campus with him, yeah. and everybody would be like, Brian, it's Brian. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? You right. don't have friends. Like, you're practically signing autographs for people. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. understand what's going on. So I, some of that, like, both, I, I do think that both of those things can be true. Right. And right. I, but I also feel like maybe that's a newer phenomenon that I don't know how old you, well, you just said you're the same age as Jennifer Lawrence. I'm 34, so okay. I'm still older. Yeah, and so like I don't know if maybe that's a recent development because I will I say think so because like when I was in high school, like I was definitely like more shy and introverted and like social socially like I just kept myself a lot and then it definitely did feel like I like it took me like in college to really like come out of my shell and like right. become, become more confident. In high school, it definitely was not. So, but I feel like now, like, it's much easier for kids to also, like, make relationships online. Right. Through social media. And even, even people in their own peer group that they see every day, but it's like, you, it's easier to cultivate that online and then take it in person than to just, right. like, be, like, put into high school and be like, okay, make friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's so weird because we were like, my wife and I talk about this all the time. Like, these kids don't hang out in real life. Like, it's yeah. so weird. Like, my son recently had his graduation party. Kevin, you. Mm-hmm. drop by for a little bit and like all of those kids there were a lot of kids at that party right yeah and and you had to order pizza twice we had to order pizza twice oh, wow. that's how many kids were at the party i without hyperbole not one of those kids had ever set foot in our home before that party yeah and i'm just like you have all these friends why have we never seen yeah, them it's they like don't hang out that they way. don't hang out kids don't hang out in real life today it's it's so weird but i also would think if I had all the technology available at that age, I don't know that I'd have been any different. But it's just, it's an alien yeah. concept. Well, as good as Jennifer Lawrence is, I do think we need to talk about Andrew Barth Feldman, who is a fairly new actor. I haven't seen him. I don't remember him in anything before. He has a few credits, but he plays Percy, and I think he's fantastic in this Yeah, movie. he was really good. I thought he was so good in this because he has to play the vulnerable kid who's dealing with all this stuff. He's dealing with the helicopter parents, dealing with some really sad moments when he's talking about being bullied and these kids started a rumor that I, you know, still need to sleep in the same room as my parents. And then it, that morphed into, I slept in the same bed and then I have sex with them. Like it's a really vulnerable moment right? and and you know how mean kids can be. And it was heartbreaking with him recounting this this story about you know why he has no friends and so i think he did a great job with the dramatic stuff but also playing the straight man against jennifer lawrence's antics right i I thought he did a really great job and was really funny and you could see him kind of coming out of his shell and the thing that the script does have going for it aside from i think some very funny moments and lines but you do see him growing the more he hangs out with jennifer lawrence the more confidence he gains and he starts making some little jokes and some funny quips and i like seeing that character growth but i think he handles it very well from the very awkward very naive to when he find like he grows up real fast throughout the course of this yeah, relationship i will say i felt like he grew up a little too fast i almost mm-hmm. feel like maybe they they cut a scene because like once he figures out that she's working with the parents yeah like that scene at the breakfast table like he instantly flips and becomes yeah. super smart and super mature and and sure. knows kind of how yeah. to comport himself and get revenge. That's the, you want this to be 90 minutes or two and a half For hours. Sure. You know what I mean? That's yeah. totally, I mean, it's but a fair. But even his plan to, like, get revenge on the car, I feel like it, like, it Backfires goes out it. of control for yeah. him. Like, I don't think he meant for, like, that much. 
damage. No, he didn't. It's like he's certainly. still a kid, but like, yeah, he definitely has like. I do agree that there was a lot of a lot happened in that like hour. Yeah. I feel like there's a much, and, and again, I'm not complaining that they cut it down, but I definitely feel like there's a much longer version of this movie sure. somewhere. Yeah. There were a couple scenes that I felt like started practically mid sentence, like the yeah. scene on the beach after the laser tag. There's also a scene where they do a montage later, and you get a quick moment of Jennifer Lawrence smoking weed on the beach, and I'm like, that feels like a longer scene that they just used the footage from for the montage. Because mm. like, why would you insert? <laughs> A scene of her smoking pot, like well, she 90... did throughout the film. She did. I didn't notice. In the very it. beginning, when she's there at the bar, all her friends are smoking weed, talking to each other. It's just, it's just there. It's oh, just, I totally missed yeah. that. So okay, they, they show her I doing it back. throughout the film. Yes. It, but that's also the thing is that now in 2023, weed it's is just everything. It's, it's just everything. Beer. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. So now I, I do like that it's popping up in a way because it's like. Even in Missouri, even in this red state, it's legal recreationally. So yeah. now it, I mean, if you don't see it in popular media, it's going to start feeling unrealistic. Because right. It is a thing that people just do. For sure. Just like seeing a beer at a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, that's going to be a thing. And it's no longer like, oh my God, they're illegally smoking weed. It's like, right. no, they're just doing it. Just like they're drinking, they're smoking. Yeah. So I do like it inserted and never mentioned because yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. Right. I, and, ha- I have to bring up, I think, probably the most. Definitely the most talked about sequence in the movie, which is when they go skinny dipping and oh. those kids steal the clothes and she comes out and fights them in the nude, like wrestles them to the ground. I thought hilarious. <laughs> one of the best, I think, I think one of the funniest scenes I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's just that, so unexpected. Yes. It's so, would do that. yes, it's, that is one of the things it's shocking just because it's like, you have this A-list Oscar winning actors in a comedy going full frontal and then like wrestling kids yeah. and not using a body double and it not shying away, but also not taking a punch. I mean, she, she yeah. let herself oh, get taking a kick. A bit. Yeah. And it's not gratuitous either because yeah. it's film. It's in a very like, it's not trying to be sexy. No, for, it's a very yeah. raw, like these kids stole our clothes. We're skinny dipping. I'm going to go get them back. And she goes and kicks their ass. Yeah. And she just, yeah, they have her clothes. She's naked. So I really like that. And that's another thing. I think this well, film- it is kind of flipping the script because for years in R rated movies, it's like the female nudity was, sexy and male nudity it's funny was funny, funny. Yeah. Yeah. covering like your junk with a garbage yeah. can lid or whatever you right. know or your hands but that's another thing where again it's 2023 you see all you know all these women doing protests and going topless and being like why can men do it why can't women why can't jennifer lawrence in a funny scene be nude right men do it all the time and it's yeah. acceptable and you know what i like about that sequence is that like it keeps going and like kind of deals yeah. with the consequences of that and that like not the consequences, but like I feel like in a, in a lesser movie, it would just kind of end with the fight, and you don't really see how they like react to that happening. And so when he she jumps out, back, he's into like the scared water. of her. Yeah, she goes back in the water. He's like terrified, and then like he like when she drives away, and he like jumps on, you know, and like it keeps going, keeps escalating. Yeah. Good callback too. Whole, I mean, they, like uh, yeah, oh yeah, I love the hood of the car sequences. This is scary. You did this, <laughs> like I, when yeah, when he flips the script on her, but. Again, great point, Manish, because yeah. I thought that was so funny when they do a hard cut to her swimming back in the water. Like she <laughs> leaves like, okay, him. Let's go. Yeah, she leaves him to go 
go get the clothes back. You see them She's on and, a mission. Yeah. And then she leaves, kicks their ass, does that really, really funny scene. And then hard cut to the same camera angle to him back there. And he's like, did you just fight those kids? He's like, oh, we, they just apologized. It sounded like screaming. She's like, that's the apology. But she's like, okay, you want to hook up now? And it's so funny to think that she keeps doing these kind of wacky things. And non-sexy things. Like, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're not, unless you have a very specific fetish right you're not watching that and getting a boner right like you're, but for, yeah, for you're her just to, like what the hell did she, you just do you she, weirdo yeah, even her like attempts to like seduce him and stuff like it's not like this like kind of like backlit you know like 80s kind of fantasy thing it's like very like jarring i mean like, like, the song man eater like comes <laughs> comes to mind yeah. because like she's it's very aggressive and like almost scary in a in a funny way but I but think that they also handle shows, all that really well. That's one of the things that shows how dumb he is. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's not even saying it like, oh, when I was five, I thought this. He's like, he really thinks the song Maneater is about a monster. He did, and he still does. <laughs> well, like, I will also say, I, like, I've, I've had songs like that that I, I, like, don't pay that much attention to. And so it's like, oh, I think it's about that. And then, like, years later, sure. I circle back around. I'm like... Oh, wait. I mean, sure, we all do. Lyrics go over our head all the time. I still today am discovering songs from when I was a teenager, and I'm like, oh, I never heard that. But I'm just saying, like, I think that was in the script specifically to show you how he's not that bright of a kid. And I I think they used it for the character. But that was just one that came to mind. But I like the use of the song. I do think that they are describing Jennifer Lawrence. I think it's great the way that they that song follows her character. And then also comes around for one of the sweetest moments of the entire movie. Yeah. Where she like starts really caring about him. And it's not even like a falling in love thing. But she realizes like this is a good kid. Like I cannot believe how talented he is. And he's down on himself. And, and and that shows you, like, in the hands of a lesser actress, if this had been an Amy Schumer vehicle, let's say. And I like Amy Schumer, but but she's not Oscar-winning actress. The funny parts might have been funnier with Amy Schumer, but I don't think she could have pulled off the restaurant scene when he's no. playing Maneater. Because, like, there's a you have to, like, dial it in to just the exact mm. moment, like, ratio when she's looking at him. Or otherwise, you'll think she's falling in love with yeah. him, right? And that's never where this movie's going. And not for one minute did I think that that's where this movie not was going. Not for a yeah. second do you ever go, oh, they, it's going to work out for them. Right. She just realizes, like, this is wrong. This is a good kid. And I can't do this to him I'm because going, he's falling gonna, in love with me. Yeah, I'm going to do damage to this Yeah. Kid. yeah. I, so this movie's way more complex. In, in, like, in a lesser director, lesser writer, I mean, even though I know you said there's some direction problems, but still, like, this guy wrote and directed this movie. I do think that... It's the com- it's the broad comedy that I, I yeah. feel like he couldn't stick the landing on. The but other parts... The I, heart of the movie yeah. and the heart and soul of the movie, I, it really comes through. And I think that's what makes this movie so enjoyable is that you really do feel for the characters. You... you you really like Jennifer Lawrence in the beginning and this kid, even though he may be kind of fly deer or whatever, by the end, you're just like, God, yeah, this is a good kid. He's a good person. And you want them both to succeed yeah. separately, but you do want right. them both to succeed. And that's the script making yeah. you like both these people. Yeah. I guess let's, I guess let's get to the end of the movie where, you know, he figures out what's going on and then, and I thought this was really clever. This yeah. was actually really clever that he's, he's like, basically what he's he's starting to fall in love with jennifer lawrence and you know and she's like kind of like pumping the brakes she's like oh man this is not going to be good but he is like i'm not going to princeton anymore because i'll be too far from my girlfriend right and they're like i mean he's full of it he's just doing it to 
yanking out in his parents' tail. No, he's totally means it. This is before he knows. I think he, he knows, means yes. it when he says he, that. Oh, this is before he knows it. that's right. And, yeah, and, this, yeah. and this is where the parents go, holy crap. Yeah. This is completely, again, moral of the story. That's why you don't do stuff like this right. because it's <laughs> a horrible idea. But now, just because they wanted their son to come out of his shell, he's going to upend his entire life right. for a for an orchestrated fake relationship. Right. Yeah. And so they're like, go sit in the car. We need to have a talk. And they're like, call her, call her. And they get her on the phone. And she's like, hey, I can't do this. I can't go through with it because she starts to care about him as a person. And they're like, hey, you can have the car. You don't need to sleep with him. That's fine. But you need to convince him now to go to school because he wants to stay for you. Right. And so he's going to wait in the car for his dad to drive him to the animal shelter or whatever. And he ends up, he's playing with the radio just like any kid would do, trying right. to find music, whatever. He hits Bluetooth. And because the phone is close enough in the house, it switches the call over. Yeah. Like, I think it just auto connects to the Bluetooth. But yeah, because my, my phone does that to the car yeah, every time. Same here. Every time Brian drives to work in the yeah. car. It like if I'm in the basement working out, I'm like it stops my podcast until he's out of the drive. Yeah. So like um, the technology works, which is yeah. something usually in movies the technology doesn't really like, work. Nor, oh, here's, there's a lot to like in this scene. One, I like the use of technology because normally I, I think what you're trying to say. Let me put words in your mouth. Please. Let me mansplain to another <laughs> yes, man. Please. I, is that normally in a movie they they have to write around technology? Yeah. You, you know, it's like oh well they could just make a phone call. Oh, we have to come up with a plot device for why they don't have cell coverage, right? Yeah. Where instead of writing around technology, it's the it's the technology that's moving the story forward, not removing technology from the equation yeah. in order to prevent the story from moving forward. And so it, it, that all made a, a lot of sense. It, this scene also, I think, is really good about it kind of acquits the parents of a lot of negativity, right? That in terms of like they're, when she's like, I don't have to have sex with them anymore. And they were like, that was never really that. We just thought mm-hmm. that was the magic bullet. But like you got them there. We don't care yeah. how. Like, you know what I mean? They really, at the end of the day, they, were, they weren't being pervy. Yeah. They just thought... Anything they could do to get this kid out of That's the show. line yeah. in the sand. If you have sex, then that will make you an adult like it's a magic bullet. And when it's I would not. say one thing that made me really... I don't know if this is like intentional or not, but really find these parents to be very underhanded is how like when they... You know, they they transfer the title of the car to her right before he like destroys it, right? And then yeah. like... I was thinking, I'm like, man, they're going to just dump this car on her and make her pay for all those repairs. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, like you know. why they're rich and like, and it's not her fault that the tree landed on it. Like, they couldn't yeah, even get it fixed I and give it to was her. Like, these, I was like, these guys seem like a little very underhanded to me that I'm like, they just like kind of let her, left her with this problem. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that we would have at least gotten a line of dialogue that like the parents paid to fix the car. Back yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That was a little bit. She accomplished their goal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now this kid is on the war path and this is where he grows up real quick you know through all the stuff they've been through and 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 it was a progressively you know character growth throughout the film but now that he knows he's out for war he's out for blood so he invites her over when they're having dinner and she shows up unannounced to the parents and he just starts acting like a big jerk right you know and 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 that's when he leaves to go destroy the car right he calls his friend from the animal shelter over and he and at first it's funny because he's like hitting it and it seems like it's doing no damage and then he ends up putting a brick on the wheel and running it into a tree and then a huge branch crashes down and like destroys the whole car yeah but he comes back in and you're like and he i can't remember if he like walks to his yeah i think he goes to the bedroom and then she goes chases after him because that's where they 
almost have sex but don't yeah yeah and, and i like that i'm like oh please don't make them hook up like yeah. it, they need to not and you know it it's close you know he ends up getting off like she's like that was my late my like he leg. gets on top of her he ejaculates very very quickly because he's a 19 year old boy who's never had sex and but they're very clear to say and, like, but then it wasn't she's like in, she's like that was my thighs my like, thighs yeah exactly yeah. so like and even and, like it's not even this like romantic or like he's not it's not this like empowering like oh i like con- you know what i mean, you know what I mean? like it's like this awkward it's, it's like, perfunctory weird. it's like yeah like <laughs> It's There's nothing perf- sexy about it, which is it's, another way it's to not, subvert It's not perfunctory. Kind of it's comedy. It's perfunctory. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, too, at this point, she doesn't want to do it. She is totally yeah. at the point like, this kid is, is falling in love with me, and he's a good kid, and I don't want to hurt him, and this is wrong. And so at this point, she doesn't want to. And then he's mad, and he's like, you don't want to have sex? Isn't you that owe, the whole point? You owe me this. You, like, this is the deal you signed up for. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he, you know, and he knows it before he even reveals, you know, before he shows his hand. He's like, well, have you been trying to do this the whole time? And then she's like, okay, yeah, I will. You know, and she kind of goes along with it. That happens. And then he just puts it on front street. Right. That he knows. And she's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and so they have this big kind of breakup moment. And she goes about her business. Gets Gary, the tow truck driver, drops off the broken car at her house. And she's just like, what am I going to do? And, 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 you know, they dropped this broken car. And he's like, hey, it's American made. No one said it won't run. Right. And so this is a really quick montage. Like, I, this was a little bit of a, like, wrap it up. Much like this podcast, like, wrap it up right there. <laughs> and, you know, all of a sudden, like, she was Ubering and working before. Right. I didn't take it as she was lazy. Now, in, even with her busted car, she just can make $20,000. I know. It, like this. It's, it's way too wrap it up. It's yeah. too much of a bow. But, like... After a two-minute montage, she has $22,000 or $25,000. She pays off the lien on the house. And then she also decides, like, you know what? I've been – and there's this weird plot thread with the dad that with her. With her dad that – yeah. Her dad came to town, much like these other families, hooked up with her mom, but had a family of his own. So, you know, abandoned them, didn't want anything to do with her. Paid him off with his house. Gave the mom the money to get this house in the first place. And she wrote a letter that got returned. And there's this whole thread that never really gets followed up. I thought for a minute they were going to say Matthew Broderick was the dad. dad. And I was like, oh, I turned to Brad and I go, I hope he's not the dad. She wouldn't have ever met him. She wouldn't have known. Right. I really thought they were doing it. But again, like, this is a three-hour movie to get into that. Right. But it never really goes Plus, anywhere. Plus, I mean, she's doing all that with her half-brother. Well, it, it is. But that's <laughs> why I was like, well, maybe especially they won't ever hook up because right. you know, I thought it was going to play into – I really – you know what I was thinking of? The best romantic comedy of the past 10 years, Crazy Stupid Love. I thought they were going to – I thought it was going to be a showdown moment Yeah, where it's like, that's – that's my dad, right? right. And I, I thought it was going to turn into a whole... Oh, 500 my. Days of Summer guy. But that might be over 10 now. Yeah. Oh. But anyway. It's good. It's still really good. But I thought it was going to be that showdown, which that movie's masterful in the way that everything unfolds. And I, I guess I thought they were going there. But I have to say, though, I'm kind of glad because, like, I thought that she was going to, like, se- like meet him, you know, yeah. or something. And then, like, have like him be like, oh, I'm sorry, let me, like, help you with your, like, financial troubles. And I'm kind of glad though because like like Percy gives a line of like you also have a rich father who can like save you but you're not going to talk to him or whatever, and so I'm like I'm kind of glad that she didn't have that like she does have that safety net but she doesn't really use it because yeah yeah it's like now she can like solve her own problems by like work like by herself and like That's through her own point. means instead yeah. of just like. You know, try and so some kind of like Deus Ex Machina that saves her in the end. Yeah. So I'm kind of but glad just, that like it doesn't go anywhere because I feel like it's stronger for a character to 
I do this on her own. I 100% agree, but I also think they didn't need to introduce that plot thread. They yeah, didn't that's follow true. it at <laughs> all. It didn't accomplish much other all, other yeah. than him having something kind of <laughs> to say. Yeah, and then her yeah, agency yeah. at the end, instead of like when she looks at the letter, I also thought, oh, I'm going to go talk to him. Something's going to happen. And she just burns it. So she yeah. does grow and get well, her and agency. Also, when you see the envelope, it says return to send her note like no like he doesn't he live it. he didn't yeah. live there anymore he didn't like she positioned it as he sent it back to her and it like but yeah it's returned to it, like he it's, didn't live there and it came back and that's, she never tried again that's a very different thing it is yeah, she <laughs> so, it on facebook which right. i also think but that shows that it was of her own choice like in yeah. what he says to her you didn't try you really right. aren't you know so anyway she ends up doing it on her own she raises all the money but she realizes and through the growth of her character and by the end and burning the letter she's like you know what i never left because i was so attached to this and was afraid of of everything and so now she is going to finally leave she sells the house there's a couple of comedians in this there's doug mooney which is kind of fun with his old babysitter the name switch thing i thought was hilarious that was good that was a really good scene especially when he's treating the the kid like a puppy yeah. oh, go get this oh, and, oh it landed in a thorn bush but i got it out i thought and i thought he was gonna do it again yeah uh, but i thought that was really funny we talked my babysitter jody and it's kyle mooney and then hassan minaj is the real estate agent doug khan from high school you know and he just pops in to sell our house and you never see him again he calls on the phone but yeah they introduce that you know checkoffs real estate agent that right that's a thing and so she essentially ends up selling the house but she sells it way under value to her two friends from the beginning that are about to have a kid and the only reason they can't stay is because they can't afford to raise a child in this expensive area. Right. So she gives them a really good deal on the house. She has enough money now to be fine and to move away and to really start her life off yeah. at this point. And then it ends with her driving the kid yeah. off to college, which I like. Especially they do a really good job of like, you know that there is not that they are friends, that there's nothing. Yes. There's no like hope that maybe they'll fall. Like it's like, no, 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 that's not what yeah. we're doing here. Yeah, she's yeah. The, she's his Uber driver, which I really liked. And yeah. you know, she she shows up at the mixer though, where he wants nothing to do. He's at the Princeton mixer. Yeah. And this is where she kinda has her big like apology type thing and yeah. you know. But yeah, they they drive off and it's very funny. It's a fun friendship. They've you know, she's got her whole life ahead of her, he's got his life ahead of him, and they've both learned things out of a terrible situation. They grew and they learned a lot. And I think that's why ultimately this movie succeeds is that there's a lot to take away from it. And I think the message is good and it just happens to be wrapped in this funny sex comedy yeah, thing. But it's, I think it's largely it works. Well. Yeah. I think it could have been funnier. But I like I said, I, it's not the performances or the mm. script that was the problem for me. I just yeah. felt like it could have been structured in a way that was punchier. Yeah. But, true. Yeah. But, yeah. but overall, I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I like I. I, I did not hate this movie by any stretch of the imagination. It just felt like a missed opportunity. It could have been like next level good. I missed this type of movie. Yeah, and and sure. I like how it's not even like I'm like, I'm not saying I'm pining for the days of American pie. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't make that no. movie anymore. No, but look, or they, should you? Yeah. Or, or sex drive with Clark Duke, you know, right. like it, you just, you can't Man, make... even going back and watching stripes. Now I'm just well, like, oof. I know. Like, uh, like I love Bill Murray, but I watched that. And I'm like, this guy's a dick. Like balls for me. Yeah. Like, the movie but grossed I think me this out. This movie 
proves that you can do that type of movie in a way that I mean, who knows how this movie will age in thirty years? You know, who knows? But, but for now, it's for now, exactly like what I'm it saying. feels relevant, it, it feels modern, it feels fresh, but it yes. also feels like a good throwback to kind of like we need more comedies in theaters, like for especially sure. some with, with a star like Jennifer Lawrence. Exactly, yeah. I, I miss the movies that we yeah. can't make anymore, nor should they probably in this climate. <laughs> but this accomplished giving you a sex comedy, but doing it yeah. through a modern lens, and it was effective. And so that's it was refreshing to be like, oh, I can just leave. I don't have to wait for an end credit scene. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I it's just, funny. Yeah, tell you, I it's it's funny. I, when this credit started, I was like, we can go. It's not that kind <laughs> of movie. But no one else was leaving. I and I was like, God, Marvel has so trained people. <laughs> I looked it up. Well, because even Ferris Bueller. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have, like, I thought there was going to be. Yeah. They could have like done a Ferris. Yeah, yeah. They, why did they not have Matthew Broderick go, you're still here? Like, <laughs> come on. That <laughs> Especially when they backed a car into a tree. Well, that yeah, I think that was another one. Yeah, they should have. But, but overall, yeah, I, I did enjoy this. So I guess let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And Manish, where can they find you and your wares? You can find me on Twitter at Vertigay314. That's V-E-R-T-I-G-A-Y 314. Also, my podcast, It Pod to Be You, which is on all podcast platforms. Both of you have been on it we have. Uh, yes. in, the last, in the last year or so. So I did Licorice so for Pizza. Licorice Pizza and My Fair Lady. So look out for those episodes as well. Oh boy. So you did Licorice Pizza and I know. then this movie with me. <laughs> I tore on a roll. I know. I only do the awkward, inappropriate <laughs> sex now, now, now that one, he was underage. Yeah. Which gets but they, a little I'm bit I'm trying to remember. They don't do it either though, do they? No, they, there was, that movie is not... there's no romance in that I mean there is a romance in the movie but it's not like they're dating or right but yeah it's funny that you guys people get really weird about that stuff (laughs) now so yeah which is ultimately it's better that they get weird about it than they don't but I also but it's that overreaction like you need to come to a point where you can't be offended about everything, especially when yeah. it comes to comedy. For sure, y- you know. So there's, there's, we're in a bit of this polarizing. You know, it's yeah. But uh, I just want to oh. say that one of the I've been listening to you guys since uh, 2017, and I think one of the first, if not the first, episode I listened to was the Passengers with with Jennifer oh. Lawrence. Oh, so that's funny. It's kind of a fun full circle moment. I, and yeah. Another one about another one with some weird sex stuff going. Yeah. On. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Absolutely. And, uh, for thank now, you. coming yeah, on the show you. as a Thanks guest, for having me. For, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe and find the show online at facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group and don't forget our Patreon. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Maud commits suicide. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 